back to one-on-one with DP. Presented by Beatrice Bakery on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Get him, Barry Thompson. Get him. (laughs) Get him, Barry Thompson. We're talking to the coach, Barry Thompson, uh, here on One on One. Again, 402-464-5685. Sorry to him a text line. Appreciate you guys adding to the conversation, adding your thoughts uh, to this thing. Barry, we're talking about greatness, goats, best ever. Um. We talk about longevity as a part of that conversation. And here's the part that we miss when we talk about longevity. Longevity really has to speak to standard. It, it, you have to have constant and consistent success to have that sort of longevity that puts you in that conversation. What is the key to that longevity? Well, I, I, you know, early on was we're growing up, you, you, we all had athletes that we really admired and, they would retire and you go, Oh, you know, you're a fan. And you say, Oh, they could really, they could play another year. Why don't they play another year? And as you get older, I remember one time somebody told me great athletes, uh, what they get tired of is the level of preparation that they have committed themselves to. They just get tired of the preparation part of it. And for them, it's unacceptable to go into a contest without that preparation. So when they finally tire of that, that's when they retire, even though they could play a year or two or more. Um, so that's the commitment. When the the thing I'm talking about, Brady has kind of exposed, right? That people famously know that he's he's um, d- diligent about how he sleeps and how he eats and when he rises and what programs he's on and what he's doing and why he's doing it. That is a 24-7 thing that he has committed himself to and the athletes of the champions over a period of time they just at one point they'll just tire of that kind of cycle and say i just don't want to do that anymore and then that's when they retire that said there aren't many people that will commit themselves to that concept of every day and brady's world and the champions world uh you know and magic's world uh, any of those guys have done it every day means every day. You've heard famous stories about Michael Jordan. You know, uh, they would do whatever. And it's like he's in the gym at six o'clock in the morning or Magic and Larry talking about when they lost each other. They were back in the gym or uh, recently uh, the quarterback from Kansas City. I can't remember his name and you don't have to mention his name because I really do know his name. <laughs> but when he lost, when he lost, he was back in the gym. You know, not everybody wants to do that. And that's that is part of what makes those people singular. Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> yeah, I never heard of him. Patrick, what? Would something happen to the mic? Something like that. I, don't Patrick, know. I, I joke, but Patrick is a great quarterback. It's 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 always interesting to me that when people talk about uh seasonal success, that they bypass the work and the the process that got you there. Now, a big part of that uh, in collegiate sports, especially in football, is the spring game. It's spring camp and your ability to spend 
those days, those those 20 days or 30 days in space, changing where you are in the game or sustaining where you are in the game. Now, it's a much steeper hill to climb when you are at you are where Nebraska is. Can you make up the difference enough in this short pocket of time to change where you will end up at the end of season? Barry, spring game is Saturday. Right. Is is this important or no? What was important was when the season ended. That that's when this spring game was determined. It's it, it's what I was talking about. These games, in my mind, are always won or lost long before they're played, uh, for the most part. It, it starts some. It, there's a little cliche that championships are won when nobody's looking and you know, there's no crowd around. There's some pithy kind of meme out there about that but it's entirely true there you know i was just talking to a set of quarterbacks last two days we've had uh bad weather the first day it was kind of raining and uh i purposely moved i was watching the weather forecast and i kind of moved the 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 workout so i knew it was it would be raining but i knew it would be stop raining over the course of the workout and i did that for a reason because i wanted to see who would commit themselves to coming out and then also I wanted to make the point that when it stopped raining, I said to them, I said, look, this is a crappy day to come out. And they go, yeah. And I said, a lot of people would have looked at the rain and decided not to work out that day. I said, but look at us now. It's not that bad, is it? They go, no. And I said, showing up, this thing of every day is really important. And it, it just really is, DP. It, it's, it's, it, it just – I'm around these guys, and so anyway, if Nebraska's going to change their spring game, it was changed with an attitude, a point of emphasis, and a plan back in December. I I love that so much, but and here's the thing that's happened, right? The Nebraska has said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to go red versus white. We're just going to go offense versus defense. Mm-hmm. And there will be people in the vacuum who say, that's fine. It's not that important. It's just a glorified scrimmage. And there are people that will say, well, no, there needs to be some competition. There needs to be – now, it's always offense versus defense. Now, there's right. no – I don't know what you put on the scoreboard. Right. Right? I mean, what do you put on? Offense, defense, like defense right. get, gets the same amount of points? How do you do that? How does that impact? Because we've been a part of those spring games where the programs needed the sp- spring game to launch themselves into the offseason work. Like, we needed to do that. We needed to reset the standard. We needed to reset the GPS. How does that work if you're just going to go offense versus defense? Well, I I think, you know, just from the outside, the fact that they're kind of changing it up, it it hints that maybe they have a plan. It hints that, and and we're going to do this according to our plan and what we want to see and what this team needs. And we're not going to kowtow to, to, you know, a traditional format if that doesn't work. So I kind of like the fact that they're doing that. And it's evidently it's different. And I, like I said, it hints of this thing for me starts in December. You sit down, you do an assessment. What do we need? What do we need to get better at? New staff together. Okay, what are the things that we're going to emphasize? And as you know, with teams, you, you've got to really hone in on one or two things that in my opinion that you you want to be this team's identity it's it's going to be the cornerstone of everything and so through everything you're hammering home 
over and over and over again, those things. And then additionally, you've got to get the player buy-in to what you're doing. Those are, those are big things to be accomplished through, you know, mat drills and morning lifts and running and, you know, off day throwing and all that stuff. That's a big thing. So if part of that plan is to build, I don't know why they want to do it, but if that's part of the plan that's coming up on the spring game, then I'm all for it. How do you go through spring games? You've been a part of offenses that were run based. You had you were part of offenses yeah. that were that were, let's yeah. let's sling it a little bit, yeah. Right, and in these scrimmages, right, or in these exhibition games, it's really hard to focus on the run game if you are not fully committed to the physicality that's required to do it. Right. How, can you showcase, highlight, feature? focus your run game if you are not full contact 100 percent of the time you do it well for the spring game no i mean you won't be able to do it there's some technical things you don't see if guys get their blocks and pick up their line calls and things like that but inform me dp it seems like it's been going around football last year people were talking about the spring and the fall season being compressed and how that would affect the fall season from checking in with my guys, it seems like it's affecting the spring season mm-hmm. and that a lot of people are, are having trouble in line positions, you know, either the whole line or certain positions on the line or whether it's offensive or defensive line. Is that going on in uh, Nebraska as well? Well, they're going to have to make that decision, right? Barry, they're going to have to. This is, this is one of the things that I've circled at the top of the list of things to pay attention to Saturday is how do they – address how what is the 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 mindset within the run game are you are you going to are you going to go power you're going to go stretch you're going to go flex you're going to go thunder and lightning you're going to go uh uh grind it you know no matter what it is whether it's flex or 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 power that we're going to be consistent and we're going to stay to it to pile up numbers to allow our bigs time to get it, get an advantage, right? Let, right? Do you test the conditioning of the offensive line, right? Do you want to know yeah. if your guys can handle a 12 straight run offensive series? Because right, right? Yeah. so yeah. this is this, this is what I'm looking at Saturday, bro. I'm trying yeah. to figure out yeah. well, who are you? I, yeah, I, I think well, what I would hope to see, and just I got my red on today is, you know, watching them for – I'd like to see more of a vertical attack to whatever approach they take to the running game, uh, that you are moving people out of the way, uh, not just – you know, you need great angles to block in there, but at some point you need to have the ability to move people. Uh, so to me, those things are more important than whether it's they run for, uh, you know, 200 yards or whatever in the spring game. If you just see enough of that getting off the ball and being able to move people – I would any and you're you're gonna employ a vertical verticality to your run game. I think that would be enough to see, and it may not look spectacular, but from a line coach's perspective, I would see that. And I think also from pass perspective, um, man, just want to see uh, pickups and and the quarterback not running for his life. <laughs> yeah, woof, woof. Um, through through that right, that vertical run game requires a hands-on commitment and a mental commitment to that process, right? right? That that the benefit of the vertical run focus is to get wear and tear on said defenders. Like that's yeah. what's lost in that is that that vertical run game also applies pressure and allows freedoms in the passing game. 
because guys have to step up. You got to give up that step and a half right. that you like to take when you think there is no consequence, no passing consequence to your vertical run defense. Right. Right. What what advantages does that allow if we get safeties and 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 the corners who have to give up that yard and a half in the run game yeah. compression? Well, your corners are going to get more exposed, and if you have if you have a vertical run game, the natural reaction, and they they do it a lot in college anyway, is to kind of some form of cover three, right? You either have cover three or you go cover one, but you want to get some defensive alignment, no matter how you cheat it to get eight people down there. If you're pushing somebody vertically, they're going to have to add more people in there. And then that, that the, you know, fronts and coverages go together. So if you're crowding more people in there, you're a little, and you have less to defend, it typically means unless you have shut down corners that they have to give a, a bigger cushion because they'll give up what's in front of them. They just don't want to give up the big play while they're taking the risk of exposing the back areas that, that are undefended. Uh, according to how they line up. So you're going to get a softer alignment by the corners. Uh, that that brings it back to uh, this idea that, um, you know, that line when you do throw really has to be able to pick up. Um, but it does make some throws a lot easier if you get that vertical game going. The other thing about it, DP, talking about, you, you see now, it, it is a physical t- style of play. And it has its wear and tear on both the offensive lineman and the defensive lineman. So when you're employing that style, I think the challenge for a coach is how much am I doing to make sure that I'm confident my players are physical enough and they know what I mean with balancing, keeping guys healthy and, you know, and getting them ready for a game. So there's some balance that needs to be struck. And that's why I'm saying you may not see 250 yards rushing, but you might see, 70 yards rushing and the O-line coach is perfectly happy with what he saw because remember they have all these practices going up to it you know this is the spring game is really for other eyes not so much coaching eyes they're they're down to marginal judgments on certain things it's it's going to be an interesting week uh which leads to next week being interesting as well because there'll be some bounce back for what happens on saturday at memorial stadium barry what are we eating Oh man, we uh, a little dish called uh, suyuk. I think I pronounce it's Korean. S U Y U K. Um, it's uh, about a pound of brisket. Okay. Uh, you simply put it in some water, about five cups of water with. Uh, there's a daikon radish that I'm able to get. You don't have to have that. Uh, four cloves of garlic, maybe about a tablespoon of peppercorns, uh, half an onion, and some bay leaves. And you let that, bring that to a hard boil. And then once it gets to a hard boil, you bring it down to a very, very low simmer for about 50 minutes. Uh, After that, you let it sit in that covered for like you would rice. Let it sit covered for about 20. And then, uh, yeah, there we go. And then uh, uh, you want to put it on paper towels like you would fried food for a while and press it for a little bit. It's going to make the meat easier to cut. Uh, you cut into thin slices. You can fan it out over the plate. Uh, some fresh vegetables, uh, little spring onions, uh, little skinny enoki mushrooms. But the key to this dish, because the meat is not seasoned at all, is the dipping sauce, which is uh, soy sauce, uh, vinegar. Uh, you know the Chinese mustard packets that kind of yep. make your nose set on fire? Yep. Uh, that in there, a little bit of sugar, and then uh, some broth from the, the beef that you cook. 
that and throw in some onions and a little spring onions and you just mix it all around and it sounds like a very intense flavoring but because the beef is completely unflavored uh that unflavored into intense flavor balances it's great great meal um we got about a pound of it and it was just cindy and i uh so in that vein it would probably be something that would go with a lot of other dishes but if you're going to make it for two uh you can do it you can also do it with pork it's called suyuk s-u-y-u-k uh it's an easy recipe um maybe you don't have some of the things but you don't need all of them uh go online look it up uh, korean suyuk it's a uh, it's a, it, just to finish it up as I cook around and kind of look for different things. What's amazing is two things. One, uh, things that we were think are really exotic. When you look at them, they're really peasant food, you know, like working man food that mm-hmm. somebody had to make something out of. And two, uh, a lot of the techniques for cooking are very similar. So for instance, this dish is not a lot unlike what people in New England call a boiled dinner where they just throw in some meat, they throw in some potatoes and throw in some carrots and throw in some celery and they like it. This is tastier because of the dipping salsa for my taste, but there are people you know, that throw meat in water and boil it. So even though it has a fancy name, so yuck, it's Korean. It's really not unlike, you know, some cooking things that we do here in the States. Is this a long dip in the, in that sauce or is this a quick dip? No, well, you start to fall in love with the dip. I'm that's what. Well, that's why I was thinking with the, the way you de- described it. I'm going, oh yeah, like I'm just gonna pour it all over the beef and be done with. It. <laughs> I, let me just make a suggestion. Well, we I served it on two plates, and I just you know functionality because you're dipping. Uh, I just created two dipping bowls, one for Cindy, one for me, and that's the way I would go because you start to get into your own uh, dip. It's when you eat it, it slightly has a a mustardy, slight horseradishy kind of taste, which always goes well with beef. And then you get the saltiness of the um, um, anything in Asian cooking has a lot to do with balance. So even though I'm saying these harsh ingredients like, you know, soy sauce, vinegar, you know, uh, mustard, sugar, in your mind you're going, ugh, but it balances out with what you're eating and uh, it works really well. We uh, saved it. I trust Cindy didn't want to throw it out. I, I trust you on that one. I'm looking at the picture going, okay, Rico, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Barry, love you, brothers. Good to see you this weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Love you in the gear, man. Looks good. Oh, got Edwin in town. Yeah, man. Go give, give him a smack, a smack on the back. Um, I'll text you later. We'll Great. see if we can do tomorrow. I'm, I'm only pondering Saturday first. We'll see how that goes. If we don't get him this week, we'll get him next right. week. That's Barry Thompson, Fairfax Football Academy. Good stuff. Uh, And shout-out to Edwin Thompson, who is leading the Georgetown uh, baseball team. They're on a roll. They had a player had four home runs in a game, (laughs) in the same game. (laughs) They hit nine as a team. All right, whatever. Yeah, 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 right? (laughs) It's just extra. All right, we'll close out one-on-one up next. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. You're listening to One-on-One with DP. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.